John 15, verses 18 through 21. If the world hates you, understand that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. However, because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of it, the world hates you. Remember the word I spoke to you. A servant is not greater than his master. But if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they, would, they will also keep yours. But they will do all these things to you on account of my name, because they don't know the one who sent me. This is Courageous Radiance Podcast. My name is Brittany Dixon. And friend, I am so thankful that you are joining the podcast today. This is the last of the summer series that we started really in June and has gone over this whole summer into now the beginnings of fall. And this is the last of the Beatitudes, the outlinings of Jesus Christ, of the blessed life. And I know it's easy to get caught up in who defines blessed, what defines blessed, you know, subjectively. But this isn't a matter of the subjective opinion of you or I who are mortal, who are here one day and then we're gone tomorrow. We're somebody one day and then we're nobody the next day. But this is the outlinings of Jesus Christ, who is the Lord and Savior. And honestly, this is not even a a New Testament concept. Old Testament, I mean, even Deuteronomy itself, which Deuteronomy is my favorite book of the Bible, but in Deuteronomy 28, there's the, the comparisons of blessed versus cursed. And it's really a, a chapter worth, worth taking some time in to really see how much God takes his word seriously. How much God expects utter and be obedience to him, for him to be first, for him to be really the only main foundation in our life. And yes, we're involved with others if if you're married, if you know, parents, our siblings, friends whatever you do for a living, right? All these things. So it's it's not a matter of, I mean, God isn't going to go against his word. So others matter. But God is first. So even if you think of it as your third, God first, others second, and then and then us. And the reason that we can put ourselves third, the reason we can really dive down to the bottom versus trying to rush to the front of the race is because we know that our needs are already met. Our cup is already overflowing. So we have enough. We don't have this orphan or this scarcity mindset, but we have a mindset of obedience and abundance that they go together. Obedience goes with an abundant life. And Jesus really talks about these core concepts on the Sermon on the Mount. And this is really found in Matthew 5, of which it's, it's, it goes on even into um, the next chapter. But specifically in this, in this uh, next outlining verse, it's, it's verse 10, Matthew 5, verse 10, but we're going to read it through verse 12. So he's doing this intensive discipleship training 
he left the crowd, saw them, but then went in deeper with those who are truly following him, not just a fan. There's a great book, Fan Versus Follower, and it's, and it's a good heart assessment for us to do. Are we, are we just attracted to the, the good things that Jesus can do for us? You know, when times are good, when circumstances are, are just the way that we want, is that when we're following Christ? Or likewise, are we only calling out to him when we need him? But what is just about this vitamin regimen, this daily maintenance, not just waiting for the antibiotic, the steroid shot, and the times that we're sick or that we need something, but that we have this regimen, this rhythm of life that keeps God at the forefront and Christ at the forefront. And upon that, we hinge the rest of our lives. So these bless, this, this is the last in its verse 10. But these are all countercultural. And if you're if you haven't listened to any of these, friend, I really want to encourage you. It's it's uh to to read this. Not even necessarily to listen to the podcast, but to read this. This is Matthew five and it's verses one through twelve. But the first blessed definer Jesus talks about is in verse three. Really want to encourage you to read those because you'll notice that. They're the first the first four are really a good heart assessment. And then the last four are really uh, because our heart is now in alignment, then these will indicate these are these is what um, our behavior will outline to do, align to do in and through us first being aligned in our heart. Verse 10, and I'll read through verse 12, Matthew 5. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven. For that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So countercultural. It's 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 not anything that we can just attain and do with with enough effort or with just the perfect hamster wheel that's going to be one plus one plus one and get us to the end point. Number one, this is really a, a sanctification walk. This is really a lifelong process until heaven. This is, and, and then furthermore, this is honestly, if someone were, were to peel open your heart and look at you from the inside out, these would be what they see. And these are going to be ways that you're truly transformed to look more like Christ because this is this is a perfect picture snapshot of what Jesus looks like so these are not just goals for us just to sticky note these these are this is a lifestyle this is a lifestyle of faith and obedience to Christ so i really pray that this has been just a blessing to you this is a normal podcast day i guess i should have started with that as we're doing these anchored wives prayers through psalm 119 today is um a normal podcast day it's tuesday do podcasts on tuesday and this is the last of this blessed series and then after that, I'm going to take a, a few weeks off, honestly, and just be with the Lord. I would love to be like, and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this. I have some different thoughts and prayers that I've I've honestly been seeking the Lord for, 
but I want to go be with the Lord and really decide what he wants to do. So if I've learned anything over these blessed series, even more is just where the source really is of this blessed life. And I want that. I I want to be blessed. I mean, I don't know who's not raising their hand and like, yeah, I don't want to be blessed. Like I want to be blessed, but I want to be blessed in the way that looks in alignment with God, not in alignment of the fleeting aspects of the world, right? I don't want to just uh, hustle harder and, 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 and then Peter Potter out later because I ran after the wrong things or, or by God's grace, because he's so gracious and kind, he ends up giving me what I, what I thought I wanted. And then it's like, "Mm, I really actually don't want that. Or this, this, this looks good, sounds good, tastes good, but man, this, this is really hard to, to upkeep, right? So it's not even what you thought. And that's just, God doesn't do that bait and switch like the world does. So it's countercultural because it's good for us. You know, it, it actually is true. So even though the world now is like vegetables, fruits, juice, all these different diets, I mean, if we look at it like, even if the world doesn't say, if all of a sudden they go completely AWOL and say, you know what, just drive at McDonald's every single day, all day, are you going to do it? Or are you going to be fixed to, no, I want to live a healthy lifestyle. Maybe some things in moderation, a hundred percent. I love French fries, especially actually McDonald's French fries are like my favorite. Those and Raisin Cane's. But are you going to follow just because now this new doctor has prescribed that McDonald's is actually healthy for you, right? Or are you going to prescribe to, you know what? I actually think I should think opposite than, than what the world is doing. That is really the invitation for what God is God even outlined in, in Deuteronomy 28 through through the, the pen of, of Moses is this again Deuteronomy 28 blessed versus curse. And from the beginning with the Israelites, I mean Abraham, even if you think he is the, really the father of the Jewish nation, he God called him called him to to leave his family and to leave his whole way of life and to be set apart. So even if we want to go all the way back to that. So from the beginning, those who follow God are always going to be called to this sacredness, this holiness, this set apartness, this distinction. You know, and and it's not because we and of ourselves are just like all these amazing people. And and Deuteronomy actually I think it's 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 an earlier verse. I'll I'll link to it in the in the podcast. I think it's in the in the blog rather. I think it's around Deuteronomy 8 or 9. But God is is essentially um, reminding them that, hey, this is, you're not set apart just because you're so super amazing. You're actually like the smallest nation and pretty weak and puny, but I've set you apart for my own purposes and for my own glory. So no room to boast, okay? Just in case you're going to try. So this set apartness, this distinction, this this is nothing new. And it was always, it was always a piece of following God. So to follow God, to follow Christ is to say that I know that I am going to have to go against the grain and I know it's going to cost me. And, you know, following God's righteousness is, is really a complete shift and a realignment of our lives towards God and his will. It, it is not something that is just easy and if you've ever been told that, hey, just pray a prayer, a sinner's prayer, and just 
come to Jesus and your life is going to be put perfect and good and easy. That, I mean, while the heart motive, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to believe the best of people. Why the heart motive is probably to get you to follow Jesus because they know that that's better. It's, it's enticing you with a lie. It's not easier following Jesus. It's actually harder. But, but, this big old but, it's worthwhile. And eternity is worth it. And even your life here on earth is worth it. So it's worth the but. So I would rather me personally just be told like something in full entirety. Like don't sugarcoat me. Just give me the full ins and outs. And I love that about Jesus. That's exactly what Jesus does. Whereas, you know, the the bully of this world, if you think about the enemy and those um, who are who follow him, who are filled with his rage and and are not... Um, following Christ, I mean, they're gonna poke fun and and poke holes in our faith if we allow. So it's gonna come. So the battle is here. The battle is gonna come. You're in a war, you know. I think when we try, and, and I get caught up in this sometimes, where it's like, well, I wonder why this person is like that. I wonder why this situation has happened. I wonder why. Why are you wondering why? Like, stop wondering. Stop pondering as to why. It is why, because there is a bully and all of his clan who hate you because they hated Christ. That's that's what was read in John 15, that it's not about you. It really isn't. And I think if we change that perspective, then it doesn't necessarily make it easier, but it helps you have buy-in to understand the why. So I don't like to say necessarily things that I will never do, but I'm basically going to say I, outside of Jesus parting the Red Sea, and again, today, letting me know I need to run a marathon. Like, let's say it's some cause or something. It, it would literally have to be something like way on that level. But I never plan to run a marathon. But I can only imagine, <laughs> I can only imagine that the training my sister actually ran a, mar- a marathon, and I think about her training. Um, my one of my best friends, she also ran a marathon, and the training that was put in, goodness, it, it months, and it was like it wasn't just like, oh, this is cute. Let me do this for like a week. It, I mean, they had to change their diet. You know, like every day was a cost to, well, you can't just sit here and watch TV all day long because you had to go train. It was a decision, not a one time. Like, this is fun. Let me run one time and then show up at a marathon. You will pass out. Okay. Like you've got to train your body for weeks and months and it's an investment. So if we can do that in the physical world or for a physical prize, you know, you think about getting a ribbon or a a trophy or or something like that. If we can do that in the physical or for these earthly gains, what about the eternal? What about the even more real world behind this world, the veil of this world? It's the same thing. There is a finish race. There there are, there's a, a finish line at the end of this race. So I can't imagine just, and think about the enemy being like this heckler on the side of the, the pathway that the marathon is running, uh, running on. And just the entire way, you ain't going to make it. You suck. You might as well stop now. 
the end is not coming. It's too hard. I mean, whatever it is that he's going to say, right? And then just imagine the emotional and mental strain of that marathoner. Just, I don't know how hot it is. Is the sun beaming on you? Are you thirsty? Are you feeling that little leg cramp? Because, you know, potassium's a little low. Um, legs are kind of giving out a little bit. Your knees hurt. So just mental strain, emotional strain, and then just this physical weakness, they have to endure all of that. So then once you add that on top of someone running alongside of you, yelling, just give up now, it's too hard. God doesn't want you to do this, right? Whatever it is that the heckler is yelling to you on top of your flesh, Friend, what Jesus is encouraging, what I want to encourage you to go be encouraged in the Lord is he is equipping you. So consider each and every time that you are doing that cost, the same cost that the marathoner had to do in training. So the cost of quiet time with the Lord, the cost of being set apart and following him, the cost of reading and studying this Bible like it is a... A, a water, like it is just a sustenance of life. Consider that is what Jesus is saying is your training. This is what's going to equip you for this race. And if you didn't know it, you're in a race. This is your race. No one else's, yours. No reason to look to the side, look to the left. I mean, none of it. Don't, don't look back. Just eyes fixed, eyes forward. And the enemy will even just be like, look, look at that girl over there. See, she's, she's ahead of you. She going to win. And even maybe be like, yay, girl, go, Susan, go, look, you know. And, and you mess around, turn around, look, trip, fall. I mean, get back up. But looking to the side to somebody else's race, not knowing the ins and outs of what they struggle with, or not knowing the full entirety. I mean, you over here possibly comparing your marriage, your spouse, your job, your finances to somebody else. Man, the enemy wants us to be envying and coveting other people's lives. And for what? Why? That's not your race. So eyes forward. So the encouragement is your training has equipped you in the Lord and your eyes need to be fixed on Jesus. So yes, you're in a race, but your eyes are fixed on Jesus. Verse 12, I wanted to read was, again, was be glad. And this is, again, Matthew 5, verse 12. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven, for that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is our remedy of hope for, the, for us, the, the marathoners of Christ, his disciples. That's our hope. Be glad and rejoice. Be glad and rejoice. So in your quiet time, moving forward, be glad and rejoice. Yep, this, this massive loss has, has hit your plate. Be glad and rejoice. Yes, life has happened, spun out in a different way that you could never have imagined. Be glad and rejoice. Others have endured even more than us or, or, whether, or whether it's less than us. It really doesn't matter. Either way, they've endured and they ran their race and and for a prize that they now get to see and that we will get to see and get to embrace as well. 
you know, the, the definition of faith is uh, Paul talks about in Hebrews 11. And that whole chapter is filled with all of those, those prophets that um, I'm sure Jesus is referring to here. All those who went ahead of you, they had to endure their own race. So three things that I would love for you to take on and to just be in your secret time with the Lord. I would love for you to courageously pursue God in your secret, quiet time, because it's from that that everything else in your life is going to hinge from. These three points, do not conform, let it go, and remain in Christ. So the do not conform, even if you think of of Romans 12, we are to be transformed, not conformed to this world. And it's not because, so we aren't better, we're just set apart. And just like that next person, they can choose to be set apart too. The the invitation is open and available. This isn't like a a cult or a, a club for only those who have brown skin and big hair. This ain't the big girl, big butt club. This is for everybody. So you're not better, but you're set apart. And God has revealed this to you. So walk in it. Do not conform to the world. Second part, let it go. Your life, listen, we got to turn to it. John 12. Got to turn to it. Got to, got to, got to. John 12. Um, specifically, so in, in verses 20, it's really 23 through 26, but so Jesus is first talking about his own life. So Jesus is like, listen, you know, the sun, I, the hour has come and, and he's making this analogy of this wheat that falls to the ground. That's his life. That like his death has to happen first. And through his death, it produces fruit. So, but verse 25 is where I want to pick up and read the one who loves his life will lose it. This is John 12, 25. The one who loves his life will lose it. And the one who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. Where I am, there my servant also will be. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Losing your life. It seems weird, right? Because Jesus is like telling you to kind of die to yourself. But through that death, metaphorically, is your life. Again, countercultural, right? Every one of those blessed definitions is different than what the world will tell you is blessed. So why wouldn't this still be in alignment with, with what he's saying? So let it go is let your life go. Like Elsa, I, on the treadmill, I love, um, we do, I do Peloton. And Kirsten um, is probably one of my favorite instructors from the treadmill. And she always starts off talking about, you know, if you brought anything onto the treadmill, let it go like Elsa. But it's, it's, I just literally have this song singing in my head. Let it go. Your life. The love of it. Let it go. And actually, if you love your life, you will lose it in Christ. Again, it's a countercultural concept. So don't waste time trying to figure it out. Just let your life go. Surrender it. There's something better. And the last point was remain in Christ. And this is John 15. Um really verses four through eight, but specifically I'll just read verse four, John 15, four, and um, remain in me and I in you, just as a branch is able, unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, 
Neither can you unless you remain in me. You know, Jesus, this is one of Jesus's I am statements. All the I am's are found in John, but one of his I am's is I'm the vine. So, I mean, boom, there, there's your source for how you're going to run this race endure persecution. I don't know what your persecution looks like. It might not be the same as the other person in the next lane, which is why you can't look at them. Your persecution might look different. Your trials and battles, not might, they will look different. Maybe some things overlap, but this is a different battle for you, friend. So be encouraged. Not that, yay, I get to go through persecution or that this is just nothing. This is easy breezy cover girl. But this is difficult, but I have a but that's bigger than the persecution. I have a reward in which I'm going to be glad and rejoice, as Matthew 5 verse 12 tells us. So three things, do not conform, let it go, and remain in Christ. And friend, I really pray that this is not just one more thing you've listened to, just to listen to this podcast. I talked about that a few days ago. I, that, that's not the goal of this podcast. The goal of this podcast is for you to be courageous in your faith and to be equipped and anchored in Christ. So I pray that this leads you to these scripture verses for your secret quiet time with God. Because friend, that is the best place to be. And that is the only place to be for you to run this race and endure it with excellence, but for the kingdom of God.